And we're finally there. It's the last tournament in a tea break from Britwatch Sports. We're at the Mutual Madrid Open and we've just seen Alexander Zverev pretty much obliterate <laughs> Dominic Team. I think that's probably a bit unfair. Uh, to win his third Masters. Uh, first match against Team Monclay, first win against Team Monclay. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's reflect. Okay. Oh, we didn't even introduce ourselves. That's how, t- that's how tired we are. <laughs> oh, you you know who's by now. Go on. <laughs> yeah, um, it was a, it was an okay match. It wasn't great. I mean, it, it just seemed fairly inevitable once those two poor service games from team at the start of each set were thrown in. Uh, team said after the match that the first one of the match was the first break of the match was due to tightness, yeah. which I think. We could all tell, really, mm-hmm. you know, set double fault on break point. The second one, you know, there was some quality from Zverev on that break point particularly. Um, so he claims that was less tightness. And to be fair, I thought he team played nowhere near the level he played against Nadal. No. He didn't play terribly, but he didn't reach those dizzying heights no. by any stretch. Um, and Zverev's just been incredibly functional and efficient robot-like on serve and just looks very very solid everywhere the the one thing i was more disappointed i didn't see more from team and more from other players if the rest of the atp tour is listening i want to see a lot more short low balls sliced to zverev because that is the ball he struggles on and is team, that his kryptonite? That is his kryptonite. Team, there was one example in that first set, one of the best points they played, actually, because there weren't too many long rallies, but it was one of the better ones early on. And Team just mixed it up by throwing in a, a sliced ball to Zverev's backhand where he had to get low, and it just causes him all sorts of problems. He just doesn't deal with that ball well. I think he doesn't move well enough mm. going forward. He's great side to side. He's got a really long span. He yeah. hits beautifully off both wings. I just think with his height, a little bit low, a little more slice when it doesn't kick off so much, I think that's going to be a really tough shot for him. And we've seen against the better players who are able to pick out that shot because it's not easy to execute. Because too short and too high, that's stupid. (laughs) But the right amount of depth, the right amount of slice, the right amount of lowness to that ball, I think will cause him more problems. And it was a shame we didn't see more of that. Yeah, I mean, I think... um I mean, it was weird. Like team, team came. Yeah, like you say, he was he was very tight, and you know that was evident in in that first game. Uh, and I think, and I mean, the, the scores throughout the rest of the thing prove it that there wasn't another sniff of a break point anywhere there. It was just that one advantage that he needed, uh, and then to be broken again. And he seemed to he seemed to be picking up the pace a little bit more in the second set. And you know, I just think it was a, a little too too little too late for him. Uh, and it's a shame because he was, you know, superb against uh, Nadal. And even if you go back to his first two rounds, he came from a set down twice at yep. the start of the tournament to even get to the quarterfinals. So, you know, it's not that he doesn't have that level within him. And, the, and you know, I, I said it a couple of days ago that, you know, he was saying, oh, um, you know, I, I went into that match with the attitude that I wanted to win. Uh, and he, it's almost like he went into that match with Anderson with a kind of, right, well, if I've beaten Rafa, who I know I've beaten before, and I've never beaten you in six attempts. Well, I'm going to do it now. Um, I wouldn't say, I think complacency is the wrong word, but I just wonder whether at the back of his mind at the beginning, he thought that you know his his head-to-head against um, Sferra would, would stand him in better stead than it did. Yeah, I mean, teams also said, 
uh, I thought it was kind of on the money with this that you know he's just not used to playing this sort of match yeah. very often. You know, um, and I did stage. say that in my I did say that in my preview that um, even though you know he has played Rafa in at, at, at business ends of, of these kinds of tournaments, you know he has played really well. Verev had the experience of what it takes to win a Masters. And earlier in the week, um, I forget where it was now, somebody asked someone whether they felt it was dif- difficult. Oh, yeah, Very specific. <laughs> <laughs> somebody said to somebody somewhere, um, is it hard? It could have been you. That's why, I, that's why it sticks in my mind. Is it, does it actually feel harder to win a Masters than it yeah. does a, a, a slam? Uh, so who did you ask that to? Um, you know what? I mentioned it to Edmund in the mix zone, but it That's was it. it was off the back of someone else I'd asked about it. I can't remember who the first one was, but the Edmund one was definitely the one you're referencing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely remember. Um, I, de- I definitely remember it being you and it being a question, because at the end of the day, to win a Masters, you effectively have to play at your best for at least five days, solid four or five days. Um, you know, without a break. Whereas at a Slam you can play seven good matches with a day off in between. And even Wozniacki said this to us when we were talking about, um, you know, clay being a leveller, in that, you know, if things go your way and you play, you have seven good matches. Oh, it was about num- world number one. And we were talking about Halep and whether Halep wore the number one well. And she was saying if you, if you play seven good days um, with a day off in between to rest, you'll get yourself a slam. But, you know, to be with world number one, you have to play week in, week out, consistently going deep. Uh, you know, not 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 a few things here, a few things there. So I think, yeah, I think it's I think this is all very sort of pertinent as we come galloping towards Roland Garros because actually for a lot of these players, um, and I worry about Zverev um, in the light of what we saw with Petra, that she won in Prague, she then won um, won here. And then kind of had to pull out of Rome because of the sheer exhaustion that we could see in that final set. Now, Zverev's played pretty well in Valencia when, with the Davis Cup, then won the title in Munich, has now won here. That's all great, but he's going to be defending a Masters title for the first time. It's a pretty big order for the tall, lanky lad. Yeah, um... The other thing I would quickly say on the Masters draw before going on to that is that I think the squash nature of it, just being the top 50 players, is harder than a Grand Slam yeah. to me. I think, you know, well, look you can at some have of the first of rounds. rounds we've had here and look at some of the first rounds we're going to have in Rome. I mean, it's bonkers. Yeah. Absolutely it's bonkers. Really, really tough draws and the shorter seedings just make it harder. The Grand Slams, you can have a couple of matches where you ease yourself in. Not so much in this current time with people like Sharapova hanging around yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not that she's going to be popping up in the, the ATP, but, but you know. same, same with the Premier Mandatory. Well, yeah, same sort of thing. Um, but yes, on, on Zverev, um, I think he's, <laughs> he's doing a lot right at this level. He's got a lot of experience. He's got a lot of work to do next week in Rome. I, I suspect he won't defend that title in I, Rome. I'm certain he won't. Probably because Rafa's going to win it more than anything. Not that I don't think he's playing well. He looks physically good to me, though, Zverev. I mean, when we saw Kvitova mm. playing yesterday, that's, I <laughs> that didn't was... see that with Zverev <laughs> at all today. And he was talking a lot about the conditioning work yeah. he's been doing with uh, Jets Green. 
He looks great at the minute as well. He looks strong. He looks powerful. Um, Not that I can honestly tell that he's put 20 pounds on. So, yeah, it's like, really? <laughs> because, boy, when you turn sideways, I can't see you. <laughs> but he, I don't know. It's not so much in terms of his build, but in terms of the way he's walking around court and holding himself and the way that serves working. Yeah. I think in older days when you compare him losing to Rafa Nadal uh, in that fifth set of the Australian Open in 2017, 2017, in the third round where he got cramped in the final set, you know, he did look a lot thinner there. He looked yeah. like he was struggling to last the distance. I think he's got the right physicality now yeah. to handle himself a lot better at slam level. I mean, he needs to just improve at slams, regardless yeah. of physicality. He's been piss poor so far, if you don't mind me saying. Um, and that needs to improve. He hasn't beaten a top 50 player yet. That will surely end oh, up the French with, Open. Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, you know, it... it it, it's, it's got to. He's too good not to make that breakthrough. Um, but then, not that long ago, we were saying the same thing about Piscova. I remember um, Chris Otto from Tennis Now for his predictions when we first started doing the Britwatch Prediction Challenge Cup, which is coming soon, by the way. Um, actually, his shocker, instead of picking a, a seed that was going to go out, was his shocker was Piscova will make the second week of a slam. Um, for which he didn't get any notes and like you know any any points um, because I'm a hard. Yeah, you shouldn't get points for that. Yeah, but <laughs> but it was but it was quite funny that that's what people that's what sticks in people's mind. I saw a tweet actually from a friend of mine that said, you know, oh Alex, don't let them don't let the media grind you down about um, slams. But unf unfortunately, for, and certainly for a lot of the mainstream media, um, that's the ones that they that they know about. That's the ones that most non-tour-watching tennis fans will tune into. And by that, I mean not the hardcore people that are going to turn in and, and watch what's going on in streaming for Strasbourg the, the week before Roland Garros. You know, More hardcore than me, I won't be watching that. No, well, <laughs> well, I mean, but that's... I watch bits and bobs. But, but, it's, but that's, the, that's the funny thing, is people will be like, kind of, why aren't you paying attention to the fact that, I don't know, Naomi Brody is like in the quarterfinals of Strasbourg for the sake, for the sake of argument. It's like, because I'm knee-deep in doing Roland Garros previews. Why are we doing the Roland Garros previews in that week? Because that's what people are going to be clicking on. That's what people are interested in. That's what people will be looking for. It's also just very, very relentless studying per tournament watching every single match this week like i'm not going to rome some of the guys have gone to rome yeah and like it, that would be two weeks of back it's to back very very big matches in two different locations like it's it's a lot of hard work to i, I did rome last year from here <coughs> so i stayed like everybody you know all of all of the crowd and by that i mean the likes of courtney Nguyen, um renee denfeld carol richard reem all of us were all sat in a clump together and Everybody over the barrier from us went to Rome this you know, today, uh, apart from maybe Rene, but <laughs> we won't mention that. Um, but, you know, it's, it is tough. It's a really tough doubleheader. It's one of the reasons why I don't do um, Indian Wells in Miami, because they're longer. They're like 10 days. Um, so you'd actually be doing a mini slam twice in a row, mm. and it's, it's just too tough. It's just it's just too much. Um, you know, you, by the time I got back from Rome last year, um, I only had one week, I think, before turning around and going to Roland Garros, and I was only there for a week. But you know, by the time you've actually unpacked, done your laundry, packed through stuff again, you have no time to really decompress. Plus, you're getting all the 
precursor stuff done as much as you can, tidying up websites and stuff before you go out there. It, it is relentless. It's even more so when the grass court season starts. Um, I remember my first year on the circuit, and by the time I got to the grass court season, Courtney, <laughs> I must have looked, I, I bumped into her in Wimbledon. She was on the ground floor, and she just sort of like put her arm on my shoulder and said, just remember, it never gets any worse than this 13-week stint. This is the worst of the whole of the tennis tour. And then after that, it's plain sailing. And that's, that's honestly how it feels. And if that's how it feels for us reporting on it, you know, when you look at Petra and how she was literally dead on her feet, you know, you know it's no wonder that she pulled out of Rome. Um, and you do wonder then how much will she recharge to have left in the tank for a decent run at, at Roland Garros. And, and that's going to be hard for her because here the ball flies. It really suits her game. Uh, and in Roland Garros, as soon as the sun goes in and it gets dark and it gets cold, that, that's, like, that's like fighting in the trenches. So, but then, you, of course, you know what it's like to, to slide about on the clay, don't you? Yes, yes. <laughs> In the main highlight of the week, we yeah. blew the flag for the Brits. It was a uh, yeah, good, good little tournament. I was a bit unlucky with my group draw. The two finalists of the whole thing were in my, sa- my same group. Did you they... actually win a match? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I won several matches, but How I lost to the two play? finalists. Like five, six. I can't remember. Five or six, but I, I think I won as many as I lost. Um, Three setters. No, 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 or two, no. What were the no, the format was just, it was kind of like mini sets. So okay. like kind of just oh. the second half of the set. So you start at three all and then you play it out. So it's quite hard to... To get any momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're kind of playing different people every time. So I played the two finalists who were both very, very good players. Um, lost to those two. Beat some other guys. But the Brits, we did beat uh, a Spanish duo in the doubles. So that was, that was good fun. I'm more Jamie than Andy. <laughs> um, it's bloody relentless that clay though I'm absolutely knackered today I've been playing for about three hours yeah. it's, it's hard work so I, I have a lot of sympathy for these guys although they do condition themselves a lot better than I do I suspect <laughs> they weren't on the beers today for example so what was your, what was your match of the week then because um, it certainly wasn't this one <laughs> my match of the week I think would probably be the uh, Svitolina Suarez Navarro, actually. Yeah, I good really choice. I really enjoyed that one. That was a, I mean, I didn't enjoy it because I wanted it to finish and I wanted the rest of the schedule to hurry up and go home. But if I wasn't being selfish no. and just taking that as, you know, objectively, that was a really good game. Um, yourself? Well, for me, I think I, I would definitely pick the women's final. It was, yeah. it was unbelievable. That's a close second for me. It was, it, you know... I, I'm so impressed with Burton. It, you know, it, it almost angers me that we can't have her as a dark horse uh, because the Pritwatch Prediction Challenge Cup forbids us from picking a seed as a dark horse because obviously you expect the seeds to go at least fairly deep. So, um, But yeah, I mean, on the men's side, um, I think Shapovalov Edmund, maybe? I mean, I, Ed, Edmund Djokovic was a decent match. Yeah. Um, but there, I, weren't, I, there weren't so many standout ones that I was that would compare to the two best women's ones. But it wasn't a, a series of terrible matches on no. the men's side. There were some good ones. Like even Djokovic and Nishikori, for example, was yeah. a, a really tightly fought contest. Yeah. It was very interesting. N- Nadal team 
was a, a, an yeah, was engaging contest. Um, they just weren't quite as emotionally no. charged, drawn out as Before. those two women's matches. No. But, um, you know, Sharapova Burton's was another really, yep. really nice match. Um, yep. Burton's was really entertaining throughout. So. Yes. Lajovic Del Potro was a good one yes. in terms of complete utter shock and annoyance <laughs> at that happening. Um, but yeah, to give you a little flavour of what it's like um, working alongside George, um, <laughs> he'll wag his fingers at the, at the screen. He says, just stop that. Just stop that. Stop it now. It's completely unacceptable. Um, in my defence, <laughs> my only <laughs> my only targeted anger is at people uh, getting the wrong result from what I'm in the process <laughs> of writing up. So, you know... <laughs> At no point was I really expecting Del Potro to lose to Lajovic, even when it was in no. that. And especially not when he's four points up in that final set tiebreaker. So, yes, there was more than some finger wagging at that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's it's been a really enjoyable week. And I think narrative-wise, you know, yeah. away from the best matches or whatever, we've seen Kvitova prove she's a really, really strong play contender, even though... You know, she might not be the best at Roland Garros. I think Pliskova, again, has mm. probably shown, you know, if we weren't sure whether Stuttgart was a bit of a fluke, she's shown she can kind of yeah. carry it on on clay. She's someone to really watch. Hallett, maybe not as impenetrable as she was appearing. Same with Rafa, although he definitely will be as impenetrable yeah. as we actually think when we get to Roland Garros. But, you know, it's nice for him to lose a little bit and a bit more pressure on Rome. Um, Djokovic, I think, showed signs of actual improvement, as did Sharapova. I think yeah. these were their yeah, best tournaments absolutely. for a year, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a lot to kind of watch out for going into Roland Garros and obviously Rome this week as well. Um, so I think that that's those are the main things to really take away. And obviously, Kyle Edmund showing he's yeah. he's going to be there and about you know good draw for him. Yeah, at Roland Garros. You know, well, even though he's lost to Shapovalov, that was tight and yeah. over five. I don't, yeah. I don't know which way that match would have gone. It was that close. And don't forget that you know, in Australia, everybody written him off, written him off because he had Anderson first round, drew a seed first round, the number eleven seed at the time, um, and weathered out a five, you know, a five set match. Took out Dimitrov. You know, um, yeah, I think he's going to be knocking at the at the door um, fairly soon. Uh, of course. <laughs> China Conta draws um, with Petra pulling out. She was due to face Petra Kvitova in the first round in Rome. With Petra pulling out, she gets Magdalena Rybakova again. So yeah. hopefully the fact that she won quite well, I think, it was actually a good match from her. It wasn't as ugly as some of her wins where you are just literally willing her to get over the line. Her movement looks a lot better. She, did, she got a few um, doubles matches under her belt. She looked a lot happier on the clay than I've seen her on on the clay when I, when I compare how she looked in Charleston when I was watching her footwork on the on the telly you know it was it was scary really like very tentative as if as if you were scared that you were going to go over any minute now uh, compared to how she was moving out here so I don't think we're going to see her in the second week uh, of Roland Garros <laughs> But yeah, I don't, I'm not sure we'll see her in the second round. Well, <laughs> you, you know, know. I, I wouldn't count. I wouldn't count her to actually fight. Yeah, it, Sharapova it, 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 first round. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if she gets if she gets a decent draw, I could see a couple of matches, and you know, and she needs that buffer for the grass. She really does. I, I mean, 
for me personally, I think the the depth of the women's game at the minute, or, or at least the lack of such uh, an outstanding character at the top, yeah. down to almost the top thirty in a way. But I feel any of them can kind of win or lose against yeah. each other. Conta on this surface, I don't, I don't mm. see her being above a top sixty player really. I, I think on this, surface. on this surface, I don't think she's at anywhere near no. a good enough level to be going into Grand Slams and it's expecting her to be winning more no. than two matches at best. No. But I hope she proves me wrong. No, and I, you know, <clears> I, I think it would do again. I think it would do her confidence in if, if we look at the bigger picture. That confidence still needs to come up a long way. I think it would do her confidence no end of good to pick up a couple of rounds in Rome if she can. I mean, if she can put, do the same against Shabarikova, you know, then then that's going to help. Um, and then if she can get a decent draw in Roland Garros and pick up a couple of rounds. She, what she needs is confidence and match wins um, and the ability to sort of fight fight out those gutsy matches which she did so well in 2016 where she often came from a set down, figured things out on court and, and just came out swinging. We need that Joe back. That's what we need. Yeah, she's a long way off at the minute, I think, still. Yeah. The signs of improvement. There are signs, yeah, there was bigger, bigger signs this week. Let's, let's see how Keep she goes. Keep avoiding Bernarda Pera, please. I can't, <laughs> I can't take that match anymore. I don't think she can either. <laughs> I, anyway, I think we're going to wrap it up. George, thank you so much for your time this week. It's been, as always, a pleasure. That's quite all right. Thanks for having me. Uh, and just in case you had no idea who was rambling on this podcast <laughs> and you haven't listened to it before, I am, of course, Ros Satter from Britwatch Sports. And George Belshaw from Metro.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We'll be back at Roland Garros. <laughs>